0: Okay, shalom ubracha. We are continuing with where we left off. Likute Moran, lesson twenty-four, paragraph six. Mamash toward the end. Just before we go on, an amazing insight in Parashat uh, Baalotcha. The noons that are reversed. There's so many deot days on how it's reversed. There's one that the standard day today is that the noon. Just explain what we're talking about so people know. Parsha Before that little parsha there's a noon that's flipped backwards. And right after it, right? Right after that, it's like 60-something uh, letters or words, there's another noon, okay? So now there's two opinions how the noons are flipped. Standard today in all Sefer Torah is that as it is, you flip it. There's some doubt, you flip it and also turn it upside down. So it's standing on the top. The noon is standing on the top of the head and also flipped over. But the point is, to say that the noon is going backwards. Why? So, you, hear, you know there's a few explanations. There's Balatorim that brings one, one explanation that the noon is 50, and the real place of this parsha is supposed to be in parsha Bamidvar 50, what's called small partial. You have in each partial smaller partial, stumot p'tuchot. So, 50 before. Benishcha says even better, Ben Ischai in his book, Benayah ben, Ayah, ben Yadah, is that we don't take into consideration the stumot, only the p'tuchot. So if that's the case, there's 16 parshiot p'tuchot from where it's supposed to be by, by, by the degalim, where it talks about the masa of the degalim, the, the movements of the tribes and the, and the flags in the desert. That's where this parsha should be. Okay. Just have to say that I have a of my family. You know the mazalot already? There's Ma- a who used to come here, I uh, go and engage to my niece. So it's a small world, <laughs> small world. Baruch Hashem. All right, a lot of Mazel tops. Okay, fine. So now Benishchai says like this: Nun in Mispar Katan. What's Mispar Katan? No, sorry, there's a few explanations of Mispar Katan. You take the al- uh, the alphabet, right? Aleph, Gimel, Dalet, Vav, Zain, Yud. So Yud is ten. What's eleven? Chaf. What's twelve? Langer Chaf. Chaf Sofit. Okay. After that, you have Lamid, Mem regular. Mem Sofit, noon is sixteen. Okay, so the noon. If you take sixteen parshot the Ben says ptuchot, because he says we don't count the stumot ptuchot. So you have the the proper place of this of this parsha. So the question asked. So why? Rashi explains why is this parsha which means and it was. When the Aron, the, the Ark, would travel, so Moshe would say, ku m'ipanecha, rise Hashem, wipe out your enemies, right? and then when they had settled, Moshe Rabbeinu had to say. So Rashi says, that we, it comes to teach you that the moving of the Ark in the desert was with Hashem, by the indication of the clouds, Moshe Rabbeinu having to say something, and the trumpets, you need three. Rashi brings that down, Okay. But, but the pasuk, it's to wipe out the enemies so now the question is if this is not the place of the parasha as indicated by the noons which are switched so why is it here? why is it in parasha so Rashi brings down one of the two opinions in the Gemara, the Gemara says two things in Masachat Shabbat page Kuf Tet Vav Kuf Tet Zayin. so it's page 115-116 the, the, the first thing is what Rashi says to separate, be free between suffering or something bad, damaging, and, and more bad something coming. What are the two bad things? The, the first bad thing is what's written right before by Ibn Sarwan. What's written right before by Ibn Sarwan? The first traveling of the Yiddin right after Harsinai, right after Kabbalah Tatur and Harsinai, which took a year minus 10 days. Rashi right says there, on Kaf, Ear the following year, they came there, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, and they received the Torah on Vav Sivan, and then there was the tablets, the breaking on on, on, on and the Tammuz, okay, fine, But until they built the Mishkan and everything they spent, almost a year by Sinai until they finally first moved from there. So what's wrong with that? So the wording, from the wording of the Psukim, the Gemara deduces that they left fast. The Jews were saying, okay, okay, enough already, enough Torah, enough Torah, let's get a move on, let's get there, we have to get there, see Israel, so enough already, they're like, satisfied, too much Torah, we're learning, and we want to get a move on it, so it says, what does Rashi say, like a child running from Cheder, right, <laughs> like a child who's so excited to leave Cheder, okay, here's the bell ring, okay. he's the first one out, so they ran out, they ran, they were so quick to leave, that was considered a poor Anut, why was that considered a poor Anut? Because that's what led to what's right after parshad Adlay bin Saaron. There's two dangerous things there. There was they were complaining. They were complaining, right? They were complaining about, oh, we're traveling so long and we, we have no food and we're, you know, we're just tired. And then they were burnt. the, the snake, whatever, you know, they were killed. Asaf Suf, also, they were complaining about the mana. Oh, we have mana in the morning, mana in the evening, manna. everything there's mana, mana, mana. We need meat. We remember the meat that we had in Egypt and the watermelons, <laughs> watermelons, fish, right? They started complaining. So let's sent them slav, quail. You want meat? No problem. The meat will come out of your nose until you die, whatever. <laughs> Zara. Zoro. Zara. Okay. So that's the second Puranut. And the, the understanding is that the first one led to the second one. So Vaibin Suaron is meant to make a type of a break. So that it's not as destructive as it is. We have to explain that. This is the first thing the Gemara says. The second thing the Gemara says is Rabbeinu Akadosh, says, Rabbi says, nah, Chasusham to say that. What's the real thing is that Vaibin So'aron is such a powerful little section, it's a safer in itself. And by doing so, it splits Bamidbar to three books. That means in total, there's not five Chumashim. There's Chatzva Amudea Shiva, there's seven Chumashim. You have Bereshit Shmodvaik fine. Bamidbar, first part until Vaibin and Bamidbar, second part, Vaibi Bamidbar, third part from the Parsha of the complainers and Asaf and everything until the end of Bamidbar, and Dvarim, seven books. To say that it's such a holy Parsha, Vaibi and it's a Sefer in itself, okay? So now the Maharsha. He's the one who says something that helps a lot on what we want to say. The Marsha says, according to both explanations of the Gemara, the Nun fits in perfectly. Why the letter Nun? Okay, so you want to make a break that, according to the first opinion, this parsha is not to be here, it's a separate from Porno to Parno. Okay, why Nun? And you tell me the Nun is, the Gemara of Nun is 50, or like the Benesha brings it 16 in, the, in small numbering, and it's supposed to be 16 or 50 partial before him. Okay. What? so that's it, that's why the letter Nun so he says the marsha like this for this explanation the letter Nun is not a good letter why is the letter Nun not a good letter? it's not an ashray where is the Nun in ashray hidden? somech Hashem lechol Right. The, 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 the Gemara teaches there's no Nun because Nun means nefila to fall so it's hinted in Samech, in ashray you look in ashray there's not 22 psukim, or whatever, really, there really is 20, because, whatever. But that's not, that's not it. They added, so there's there's not 22 psukim, there's, there's, uh, there's 21. Because noon is not there. Why is not noon not there? Because noon symbolizes fall, a downfall. So the marsha says, on that explanation, that it's to separate suffering suffering, the noon is used, used to indicate that, because it's a nefila. The The Jews fell. They, they ran, they, they didn't want to learn Torah. They didn't have Kaelin. So the result of not having Kaelin is they started complaining about the manna. They started complaining they're in the desert, it's tired, we're drained. And, and, and they started complaining because of that. So the come separate shouldn't be the full destruction. What, what, the, what does it mean when it, when, when Rashi is saying, when the, when the Gemara says to separate from suffering to suffering? What, what, what is it coming to separate? We already see the damage, the damage caused. It's to show you that more damage could have been done. Were not for the Vaibin Saron, the Torah inserts Vaibin Saron to show you that there was something protecting the Yidden from being destroyed totally. They should have been destroyed totally based on Svara and Igayon of running away from learning Torah, not having the power to stand up in the tests that were afterwards. which should be destroyed totally. Vaibin Saron protects them. We'll go into that soon. Okay. So that's the Marsha's first explanation of the Nun. Second explanation of the Gemara that no, it's coming to show that there's seven books of the Chumash. And this is a holy book. What's so special about Veibin Saron? It talks about the Aaron. What's in the Aaron? In this, and this Aaron, Shiver the broken tablets. Broken tablets were on a higher level than the second tablets. The broken tablets were from the fiftieth level, Nun of kedusha. So on that, the Marsha says the nun is used to indicate Shar Chamishim, the fiftieth level of kedusha, which is what, by the way, what is another term for the 50th level, there. Shavuot, Shavuot is the 50th day. We count Svetl-Omer up to multiples of seven. Seven times seven to get to 49. Seven in the Kabbalah is the lower seven Svirot, right? To show you again, we again to open the map, uh, the BRI uh, map, here we go, right? So have here, the lower seven Svirot, right? Chesed, one, two, three. So Svetl-Omer and our interaction, our interaction in the world is this okay after these, we merit the Keter we jump because they're all connected into Keter Keter is the skull containing they're inside so it's like seven and this one which is really the upper three Keter is like all three so on Shavuot we call that we reach the 50th level we reach the Keter which has in it Okay, so it's like seven Plus one, got it. So the fiftieth gate is like a noon. Fine. So now connected to our lesson twenty-four. What's happening here? The noon backwards is two things. According to the Maharsha, it's the fiftieth gate, and it's also not good. It's a nefila, because what did we saying? Or we went into this a little bit. When we were going to, get, we didn't touch it in the lesson, but we're going to go into it big time from paragraph seven of this lesson. The attitude of the Keter is to bounce a person backwards. You want to tap into the Keter, which is the key for the orange of the infinite light, which in other words, is to reach your potential, to reach the next level in your life that you have to reach. You want to connect to that level? You have to face the Keter first. And what does the Keter do to a person? It bounces you back. So the noon is revert, reverted to show that the yin are being bounced backwards. That's their test in 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 the midbar they failed the test not everybody the venishai says who didn't fail the test Who's an example someone who's the son of nun who's the son of nun You bin nun he's the venishai says unbelievable that's why the letter nun is there to show you there were those who were who were solid examples that they don't your moshe Rabbeinu. to explain from this week's parsha galotcha until ben anitzerim every parsha has in it rifts Conflict machloket against Moshe Rabbeinu. Alotcha starts the first machloket, Miriam and Aaron, the Asab the complaint to Moshe Rabbeinu, about the, the meat, and then we're, we're we're suffering, we're suffering in this in this derech coming up. Korach, Shlach, oh, big time Shlach, Meraglim against Moshe Rabbeinu, Korach against Moshe Rabbeinu, Chukot, nehele, chukot the passing of Aaron and Moshe. And the hitting of the rock, okay, against Moshe Rabbeinu, every parsha, okay? Balak, Balak was really bad. They for sure listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. They fell into the Etzah, those who were weak. They say it was Machanedan people went, and they were Tzamedu, the the, 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 the because of the Moabites and everything, okay, from the tribe of and Ru- Shum- Shimon, okay? So all that was against Moshe Rabbeinu. Again, like you remember when Kosby, he brought he brought the... Cosby, uh, what's his name? Not, not, Cosby is the name of the of the lady. What's his name? The, the, the Nasi of the Shevet. What's the name of that, sir? Huh? Zimri, Zimri brought Cosby, I guess, to make Moshe Rabbeinu look bad. If you say she's forbidden, this lady, who allowed you to marry Tzipporah, who's also a Midianite, the daughter of Yitzchel, who allowed you, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu nistemu. It says that everybody started crying because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know how to answer. And Pinchas had to come. Every parsha until Bena Mitzarim, is mahluket against the tzaddik. Huh? For time, no? Yeah, but the parashat as they're, as they're organized in the year, from after Shavuot until B'nai Mitzarim, it's all rifts. In the world, it's like vacation time. But in the from perspective, it's vacation time because everything is mob- wobbled. Everything is mumbled with emunah the tzaddik. And it's these times that you have to work more on emunah the tzaddik. I have a nice tzaddik, okay? Winter time and summer time. Winter time is more your avoda. For example, in the yeshiva world, there's a zman elu Tishrei. You're busy chagim. When does the yeshiva world start pounding it in? Cheshvan. right after the chagim. Okay, it's the new zman. The time that you have energy to do is in the winter. Rabbein himself hints this in, in Sechol Rabbi Nachman's wisdom. He says, He said, the main avoda. Of a Jewish man in the is to get up chatzot. but he says, it, it says it, it's as if it's you can read it also is b'chorif. The main time you feel that you can do and do and do is in the winter. The Gemara says that in the winter the bones of a lion are stronger. Okay, the, the bones of a lion of a lion to devour are stronger in the winter, which is a hint to every Jew. Yitgaber ka'ari first halach and you have to be stronger ari. So the main time you feel this energy to try to fight and to be a, to be an obed Hashem is in the winter months comes the summer, besides the scientific explanation that it's hot and everyone's out of it, oh, you know the brain, I'm fried, right? That's the scientific reason. The real reason is because now a person is faced to see that without the tzaddik, he can't do anything. And all these partial which talk about and against the tzaddik, is people on their own, they can't, and they feel frustrated and confused, and they let out their anger and their anguish and their frustration on the tzaddikim. So it's a big test of emunah tzaddikim in the summer months, which means that on the summer months, you are given to see, to recognize that on your own, you can't do anything. If you don't have a tzaddik in your life, you're gurnished. Nachon does Hashem in you. But Hashem sends tzaddikim to help you, and you need them. And if now you think, I can serve a sham, I can get up in the morning without a tzaddik, I can say a bracha without a I can learn Torah without a I can get a family together, I don't need, I need the tzaddiki. So in the summer months in winter months, you feel that. You're given to feel that it's that I can do, I can do, I can do. But in the summer months comes out the reality that without the tzaddik, you're nothing. Rabbeinu hints to that in Sefer Amidot, that the people in the generation, are to the tzaddik like a pen in the hand. The tzaddik is the one moving the quill. You feel you're doing. You're right. You're doing. you like when you write. You think you you give you give to the pen. You don't give shkoyach to the pen. When 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 now someone writes a whole essay by hand. Okay. So you don't say shkoyach to the pen. You say oh what a beautiful pen. A nice Parker pen and the ink comes out nicely. Let's give a bravo to the pen. No, you give a shkoyach to one writing. He says Mabeynu Sefer the, the Jewish people in the generation. They're like a pen in the hand of the tzaddik. You hear that? That means, okay, you're doing, you're given to feel that you're doing, but in reality, it's the one behind who's pushing, helping you to do it. Why is that the case? Why? Why can't it just be me Nashem? Hashem? Because the kripot that are out there, the sitra acha, the impurity out there, on your own, you can't stand a chance even a second. You can't. It's a rule. We, I said this maybe thousands of times because it's such a big rule. Rabbeinu says in Chaim Moran. That before Hashem gives the okay for a big tzaddik to come down to this world, you can be misstated to serve Hashem about that tzaddik, no problem. The tradi- traditional transmission of Torah from generation to generation, that's how it was throughout the Galut since Choban Abayit, okay. But once Hashem sends big nishamas, like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he gives an example, the Arya Kadosh, the Baal Shem Tov, and in our case, Rabbi Nachman. So along with those, that level of kedusha, for the sake of free will comes down to the world such a darkness, such a tumah that it's impossible to counter it without the help of those tzaddikim. You need them. There will be people who are misnagdim every, every generation. That's how it always is. But, but realize the koach that you'll need to make it in life has to be to the tzaddiki. That's it. Once Hashem allows them into the world, you won't be able to stand after the There's the a tuma. Look, look what happened in history, okay? With the Arizal, there was the Spanish Inquisition, okay? With the Baal Shem Tov, there was right before Shabtai Tzvi, and then after that was the Reform Movement that's before Rabbeinu's time. There's always a tuma and a kedusha, always like together. Crazy change points in history, Jewish history are when big tzaddikim came down to the world. Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai, the Romans, okay, the Roman em- Empire, the Gzerot, and everything that was Rabbi time, he was hiding in the cave 13 years, okay. It was bad, okay, because such a big luminary came, it was such a counterattack on on Yiddishkeit and Emuna, okay. So the main thing, what the main message of these summer months is Emuna the Tzaddikim. So in our con- in our case here, I know I'm taking the time to say this, but it's very important. The Noon backwards. Is like when you, in our context of lesson 24, you're trying to serve Hashem B'Simcha, and now you reach high levels of now, Sechel, B'Kata Sechel, and emuna, and then you get bounced back. The nun, the keter, it's on one hand the keter, Shar Chamishim nun, but it's also a nefila for you. It's pushing you back. That's the only, we didn't go through this at all. I know it's coming up in paragraph seven. But this is the way, this is the goal of the simcha. The goal of doing mitzvah simcha is To come to the perception of the keter, which is the Orient Sof. but the key to that is that you're bounced back and you take it positively. How could you take it positively if you are a determined Tommy, like Yeshua bin Nun? Like the Benishai says, You're a nun, you're a son of a nun, <laughs> the son of a nun, not just fish. Nun is fish, that's the, the, the Midrash says that, but nun is also Yeshua bin Nun, that he was able to bend himself with absolute emuna and the tzaddik and accept the nefila of the noon of the keter in a positive way. So didn't make him budge. We see that. Parashat Shlach. Who didn't fall? Yehoshua binun. Kalev also. Kalev needed extra zechut. This week's parashat. Parashat He had to go daven by Kibrit Tzadik to help him. Moshe Rabbeinu gave him a letter. Moshe he gave him the yud of That's big time. How did Moshe Yehoshua zoche? that Moshe gives him the Yud from Hashem's name, that's crazy. You just think about it, okay? It's not like, okay, we'll change Hoshea to Yehoshua. It's not that. It says that the Ka Yohashiachah, Rashi says, why is he called Yehoshua? Because in Yehoshua, the first two letters is Yud-K, which means what? That Moshe took the Yud from Hashem's name. Can you hear this? He took the Yud from Hashem's name and put it in Yehoshua. So Yehoshua has a big big boost. He has the yud from Hashem's name. What did he do to deserve that while still being Hoshea? Okay, while he's still Hoshea, like Rashi says in the end of the Chumash, we find words in the Chumash that the Torah calls yoshua again Hoshea. You have the parsha, I think it's in Vezot Bracha that he's called again Hoshea. And Rashi says, Why is he called Hoshea? If already when his name is Yoshua, he didn't become a Balgaivenic that now that he is, now the future manhik, that he still maintained being a Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu. Even though he's Yoshua, he still was able to be under Moshe Rabbeinu, even after Moshe Rabbeinu's passing. That's why the Torah hints to it and calling him again Hoshea to show you the greatness of Yoshua. okay? So Yoshua binun, meaning for us, when you are a Talmud of a Tzaddik. What does it mean you're a Talmud of a Tzaddik? You listen to what the tzaddik says, point blank. You don't say, oh, but but, but, but what's happening to me? No. The tzaddik told me that this is the reality. Then this is the reality. I believe in this. He says, you're going to be bounced back. You're going to have downs. You have to take them positively. Who's telling you this? The tzaddikim. Who's able to accept that as reality? A Yeshua, a Talmud, a student. So the noon bouncing back, those holding on, that's the test sure then was Zohar, for sure, to be the ketter. he reached the he reached Lever, being a manik from Yisrael, he brought the Yerit to Eretz Israel. Fine, but for us the lesson is, in all these parashiyot there's Machokel against Moshe Rabbeinu which is reflecting the frustration and the downs of the yiddin that they can't handle being so far from Hashem. They can't handle. What would convince the Jews in Korach's time? What would convince the Jews of the Doshanara, of, of the spies? If not, that the Yidin already had something bothering in them inside already. What is that? That's in the parsha right before of That You want to see the Chumash? Maybe it's better. Can you bring the Chumash? It's you can see it inside. So you see what's happening. When you see how Rashi shows that they ran, the whole problem of the Yidin is that they showed uh okay, I don't need any more Torah, I'm full. Okay, that, that that's a, that that of what's before the first noon, is what causes all the other pigami. That a Jew gets exhausted of Torah. How can a Jew get exhausted of Torah? There's one thing to say, I need a break. Okay, every day you have a break, you have a time to sleep. You have in between Sedarish and Sedershini, you have a time to break, but that the yiddin were like a year minus 10 days and Har nine, and then they run. What are you running for? This is Gan You have Gan Ah, but I want to see the world. What is causing a, yud, a Yid that he feels an exhaustion of the Torah? What could it be? Okay, let's just look back. Look, look, look back in parashat Baalotra. Okay. After all the De'Galim, we'll get to the noon here. Saron, the parsha right before is that it's a few things here by the way it's crazy the right before that sorry no that this is the parasha yeah let, let, let's, let's read it Uh telling you, come with us we're going telling don't Please leave us. Okay? There's a question here. Why, why is he pleading with him not to not, not leave? What, what's so bad if Yitro goes back? What's so bad? That Moshe says, Alna, You know? Rashi says on the spot. So people shouldn't say, Ah, you see Yitro, oh, he it doesn't feel Hashem. He converted thinking that he'll get a portion of Yisrael. And now he sees that he's not accepted totally. So he left. He went back, right? That's what she says. That's what Moshe Benu is concerned it shouldn't be a chilu Hashem to, to prevent future gearing. They say, anyways, I'm never going to be considered full-fledged deity. So anyways, why should I convert? Why should I kill myself to convert if I always be called a ger? That's what Moshe Benu didn't want to happen if Yichor goes back. Yitro did go back still, okay? Said, so that's it's in it's in the same parasha. So that's finish of Yitro. Yitro did the sin, He went back. So it Hashem So it says the, the the Gemara points out on the wording that they left fast the pigam here is very deep, what's the pigam? you're learning Torah all day, so what's the problem? why are they punished for wanting to leave, and why did they leave so fast? how could a person want to leave so fast? it has to do with the idea of patience, what was the thing of the Yedin? They knew that the purpose of the Torah is that in order to fulfill it in Eretz Israel. The Jews are impatient. They don't have sablanut. That's why they want to rush. They said, this is a preparatory. Harsinai, the year minus 10 days, is preparation for Eretz Yisrael. Well, they will fulfill the Torah like we're supposed to. Eretz Israel is the place of the Keter, of the, all the high levels that Rabbi Nachman speaks about. Simcha, the main place of Simcha, is in Eretz Yisrael. That's what the korbanot are. That's what the ktorat is simcha, k'torat the simcha, the korbanot the simcha, v'sarait v'samachta The psukim that we say in the Musaf of of of, 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 uh, of the Yom Tov. You know, be, the Nismach, all the psukim that we will be happy and rejoice. The rejoicing is, is in Yerushalayim. The Jews were impatient. They were rushing because they want. They had a good cause. They wanted to. want to go to Eretz Yisrael. What does that mean? That a Jew doesn't have patience. This is the crash for everything else. In your life, you can trace every time a person fell into his become into breed or Akhilah and everything, he can trace it to what happened before. If you do a Cheshbon and and you look at your day, and you look at your life, and you see where you fell, you see right before you fell, you were impatient. You weren't able to take breaks. In other words, you can't wait for the right time to come no, I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. And society, unfortunately, with technology, is just helping to encourage people to be more impatient. <laughs> the computer has to work faster than you. And no, I can't wait. No, no. Ugh, I'm stuck on my computer, right? Because you're used to things going so fast. I press a button. Things, society in the world is encouraging people to be more impatient. And when you're impatient, you have a shvira, shvira takehling, you crash. That's what led to the other crashes, Okay. Now, Vayi Ben Tzohar, one of the noon switched behind, which refers to the good Talmidim, who even though they crash, they have downs. No one doesn't have a down. They crash, but they get up. They get up afterwards. Like we said, the breast of drink is, seven up. Sheva Ipot Tzadik Vakam, seven up. Most people, when they crash, they have a sense of yush That's it. <laughs> I'm finished, okay? A Talmud won't have that yush. Where is the Jewish, Jewish reflected in the Torah? In what's after the noon? In the complaints of the Asaf Suf, that's a reflection of their Yush. Korach, the only way the Jews have an opening to open their mouth, to have the chutzpah, the audacity to speak against Moshe Rabbeinu, is if only their miyuhash already inside. Okay? The yush comes from what? The crash before. That they were quick even for Kedusha, I want I want to advance. I want to... Rabbeinu, Rabbein Nachman, and say this a lot of time. Your secret to advancing in life is you have to know when to advance. There'll be a baki Beratso, a baki, an expert to know when to advance. And baki bishov and know when to wait and to hold on and wait for the green light. It'll take five years, ten years. I'm waiting. I, I don't care. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to force the situation. I'm not going to force... Yeah, people who have divorces for example the person, I can't handle it anymore, I can't handle it anymore I want a divorce right now, I'm, gonna I'm just saying how people think the reason why, and then they make a fatal mistake and they feel bad and they regret it because they're not patient, you gotta wait but I'm burning, I'm wait, they gave you the kalim to hold on it's all in the head, wait wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Rav Nossam says this been most, 99% of the crashes in life is because of a lack of patience that's what the noon of Ay-Bin-Sor comes. this is the noon of the keter the Nun of the Keter, to let, to let you build kalim to receive the Orient Sof, okay, is, is, a, is a patience thing. It's a waiting thing. What Rabbeinu teaches us in lesson 24 is that the key to have sablanut is if you work on simcha. That's the key. If you are someone who's always working on doing the of the simcha and everything, the simcha, Sof Maaseh, what you do afterwards in life when you advance and then you crash, and we see how you act when you crash, that shows us how you were in the beginning. If your beginning was besimcha, with honesty and sincerity and mimut and okay? So then when the crash happens and you're bounced back by the noon, you have the noon switching its face towards you, bouncing you back. It's a nefila, but it's really from the keter to help you to advance. If you take it positively, which means you crash, but you continue, you get up again, okay? So that shows that your beginning was good that you are honest, you are sincere, you're, you're a person who's happy. A person who's sameach, with himself, believes in his goodness, who is happy, comes out when the crash happens. So if ma'aseh, machshava, chiva, okay? And Rav Nossam says that's the pasuk. Just so we're connecting ketur to simcha, the simchat olam, al-rosham. Al-rosham is the ketur. When you have simcha of olam, what does it mean, simchat olam? It's not simcha of olam abba, simchat olam of this world, which means of all the not, not shlymut, lack of shleimut in this world, I'm still happy. Might fill like I said, that fill in nine in the morning, the fill in ten in the morning, fill in eleven in the morning, I'm still happy. I say, Oh, I didn't get up nets, so everything is black, everything's tisha beav. No, I'm happy. Simchat olam, I'm happy with how I'm doing mitzvah in this world, Al-Rosham, you get to the getter. That's hinted again in the noon. Okay, that's the idea I hinted. That was clear, yeah, that was pretty clear. Let's now go back. let's <laughs> go. What's Because what? it's it's bouncing you back. Ah. You, the the letter is facing from right to left. The, the opening of the noon is on the upcoming side, where we're going. When you write in Hebrew, it's going, in words, advance is from right to yeah, left. So back. the noon open, the opening of the noon, not the back of the noon, like I don't want to talk to you. The back of the noon is like, no, we don't want you. There's no opening. The opening the noon, there's room to come in. The advancement of the noon is on the left side of the letter, which is how you write from in Hebrew from right to left. So noon in its positive sense, as being an opening, the Shara noon. Okay, that's when the regular noon, the noon backwards, is like in the fila. No, we don't so want we you. Yeah, it's like now because we're, we're reading from right to left, you're sending me to a dead end. You, you revert the noon, okay? When it's upside down, it's even more the dea. Yeah. That's Rashi's day, I think. It says that the noon should be turned and also standing on its leg. It's a whole thing you'll see in the Gemara that's crazy. In the post also, they say a separator Torah could be considered pasol if you write it in a different way. The marshal is very machmir. He says if the noon is, he's against it. He's against even writing Bichal and noon in the separator, Torah, the marshal. He holds you shouldn't write a noon at all. Just leave it empty so we understand. Or, if you want to give that explanation of the Gemara, you take out the noon from the word from the upcoming Passover. Why being so take the noon from being so and remove it. <laughs> it's the Marshall. Crazy. In the post they go crazy. Halachalema <laughs> said today, not, by the Sfardim, the Ashkenazim, the majority of the world, as you take the noon regular and you just switch it like that. Okay? But Rashi brings down, you'll find some editions of a printed Chumash that they switch the nun also to its head, like Rashi said, but we don't do that. The majority of our slime is you keep the nun in and, and you, you switch it, okay? Fine, so let's continue. Sivvach, okay? What Rabbeinu was saying here, uh, this is this is also connected to what we just said now, is the secret for you not to crash is that you put emunah in your sechel. To explain, when you zochet to do a mitzvah be'simcha, and the idea of doing a mitzvah be'simcha is this is how you elevate the holiness trapped in the Tumah, which reflects itself in all the feelings of negativity that you have in your life, and also you don't feel so good about the mitzvah that you do, you don't feel good about yourself. If now, zot, nonetheless, you work on doing mitzvot b'simcha, so you get to the chair, you get, you, you, get the, you get the ice cream, you get the cake. What's the cake here? Is you get the you reach, you, you're serving to activate the bracha, and now you have to be careful. The main bracha is be smart. Don't just take bracha for a Lamborghini in a big house and bane Chaim Be smart. Aim for bikata secha. Fine. I'm a good person. I do mitzvot de simcha. I'm spiritually inclined. I want to come close to Hashem. Bikata secha. Next test. Ah, but you have to be careful to put emuna because the next test, you see, every level has its own test. Bracha, you can choose now. Is it the bracha of Gashmiut? Or it's the bracha of understanding Hashem, intellect. So in that choice, you choose b'kata sechel. Next test, ah. Now the b'kata sechel is so enticing. People have a love of Torah. They have a love of intellectual. You have people who like the intellect of the Torah. What's the danger there? Is that you have to remember the goal of the intellect of the Torah is to strengthen your emunah. <laughs> the emunah has to fill the sechel. And not and the not, that you know, it's just and there's no emuna. You have to make sure you're filling it with emuna inside. That's the test. Are you gonna just the next level? Are you gonna just want brikata? You wanna have shas in your head, poski in your shalmi? How about how about a You wanna have, Hashem, you wanna have Hashem in your life? No, no, I, I want all the gemara, all the pages. I wanna be a computer. I wanna be otsechokma. I wanna have artificial intelligence in my head, everything boom, boom, boom. I wanna be like that. Where's the emuna? You missed the point. That's the test. That's the next test. If now you have simcha, at every stage in life, the simcha will guide you to make the right decision. Where do you see this, by the way? In Rabbi Nachman's story of the chacham and the tam. The tam, it says, min ha You know that song by Dagan, umin ha tamit be simcha. Okay. The tam, the simpleton, who was always happy because of his happiness. Always, he made the right decisions. And even when he started learning and he, he was now a minister and he had to meet the king. And he said, it's not proper that someone like you is so uneducated. So we have to educate you in languages, Latin and medicine and philosophy. So he said, "What do I care? You know, because he was always happy. So even though he learned philosophy, it didn't budge him. So when the king met him in the story of the king, the king was very impressed with his, timimut, his, simplicity, his honesty and his straightforwardness. And he began to test him how smart he is, and he saw that he's sholet. He knows every area of wisdom, and still he's simple and happy and 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 you know straightforward. He says he's not swayed by what he knows. I need a guy like this to work close to me. I need him. He made him the minister of all the ministers because it's such a chidush when you find somebody who knows so much, but he doesn't act based on what he knows. He acts based on simple emuna. He maintains the simple emuna. What he learned enhances his emuna. He's now even more emuna based more tmimis and peshitut-based. That's a chiddush. That's what Rabbeinu is getting to us here. He so says, this is the secret. If now you're able to maintain, you have someone, for example, who knows the whole shas in poskim, but he's able to say, tell to him, to him like a little boy. You see him crying at the kota like a little kid. That's unbelievable. You know, where's where, where this gaon, this big giant? I don't see him here. You don't see it because he put everything in the pocket to enhance the emunah. He knows that the goal of Torah study is this. This is the goal, okay? So Rabbeinu says, for that to happen, again, we look at your beginning. If you maintain simcha in your life at every stage, so that that gives it a chance that even when you get this big bracha called birka tasekhel, you put an emunah into it. So now with this, you understand, Rabbeinu is bringing so many proofs, okay? So look inside again. You have to draw faith into the blessing of the sechel. Because you shouldn't rely on the sechel itself as is known. But to do that, you have to, you need to make sure that you have simcha in your life. Because that's what leads you to make the right decision. And the right move to, to make sure you put emunah on the sechel. First, proof like we say. Meaning but there's abundant blessings coming down, and still, I don't budge from emunah. I keep maintaining the emunah, and so that when the brachot are coming down, I make sure to go to eventually to have the emuna connected to it. Second proof by Moshe Rabbeinu, when it's fighting Amalek, that even when Moshe Rabbeinu was transmitting the message to the Jews, which is the hands, it was filled with emuna. the message Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the soldiers when they're fighting Amalek, you guys need emuna. the gemar in Rosh Hashanah. V'chi yadav Moshe, it's Mishnah, it's a Mishnah in Masachin Rosh Hashanah. Was it the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu that the, that the war was dependent upon? Right? Or was it the snake? You know, when they look at the snake, also when they were bitten? No, when the Jews turned their eyes up to heaven, then they won against Amalek, okay? V'chi his hands, which is sechel, was transmitting what to the Jews? Emuna. Rashi says that he was davening. He himself, sorry, Targum. Targum says he was davenik. His hands were spread out in prayer. That's Munah. But in our context, he was telling the Jews, the main thing to know is to fight Amalek, you need Muna, period. Don't start arguing with him. Don't start letting him, you know you're not going to make it, you know, all these things. Don't let him even enter your brain to start talking because it won't work. You need muna for that. That's the other Ubechinat. And now this is very important. Just another detail this week. Bi'adecha mamlechet Shaul HaMelech tells David HaMelech, I see that it will be established in your hands, Israel. at Yisrael. Malchut is the key for Emuna, and that's the key for everything else here. The Malchut that you have will determine the bracha. If there is Malchut Israel, there's bracha. If there's no Malchut Israel, there's no bracha, okay? Which explains the next pasuk, hainu, in other words, I draw mine for the blessing of the, the hands. That's why InshaAllah says be So now with this, you understand. remember last week he said there was a the steer two two mepharshim on the kuteimah, and they have a, a difference of opinion. And one is a rabbi, and was a Talmi, the Parque of the chofma. He was the rabbi of the Me'ah He says that the next pasuk here, v'ze from Shmuel Aleph, chapter two, ubaniti lo baid neeman. Is to support the the, the third pasuk of Shaul alech to David Amalek and the Mayanachal says no, it's a proof in itself, but now there's something that connects them. So both are rights, both are right. So fourth pasuk, Vizu Bait El tells Elia Kohen that your sons are your true ancestors, are gonna lose the kiuna. You are all descendants of Beit Itamar. You guys come from Itamar. Elazar, because of something that Pinchas did, the first Pinchas, not not the son, someone got confused in the class. He thought Chofni and Pinchas. This Pinchas is the same Pinchas as the son of Elazar. It's a separate Pinchas. There's the Pinchas Ben Elazar and there's Pinchas Ben Eli. Eli comes all the way from Itamar. So it's not the same Pinchas and it's a separate generation totally. Okay, To say that they're the same Neshama, I'm not going to go into that because the Arizal says, that Chofni and Pinchas were Gilgulim again of Nadav and Abiyu. They came back to fix, and only more damage was done. And Eli was a Gilgul of Aaron again, and Haran, there's a whole thing, okay? We won't go into that too much. But Elkanah told Eli, you dekeuna, Hashem has sent me to tell you the Keunah is no longer going to be from your offspring, and, and the sign of this will be that your sons will die on the same day. Chofni and Pinchas will die on the same day. And Elkanah told Eli, when will this take place? When will Beit Eli, which is the Beit Itamar, lose the Kiunagdola? When the Beit Amidash will finally be built by you, Shlomo, the son of David Okay, so the question is, why not punish him immediately? Why doesn't Elkanah say to Eli, Hashem sent me to tell you, you are losing now the Kiunagdola. The Kiunagdola is no longer from Itamar, it's from Elazar. Why wait? until there's a beta migdash built by Shlomo, son of David HaMelech. This, is the, this answers the question of the third Pasuk. Be'adecha Israel, the malchut of all Israel, is reflected in David. And what is David? David said about himself, what am I? Va'ani He says, my enemies do this and this and this. And the is, when the Pasuk says, Va'ani tefila, and my resort to my enemies is prayer. Rabbi Nachman says, no, it's more than that. When David Meir is saying, he's saying that he is, he is tefillah. He is tefillah. And what's tefillah? Tefillah is emunah. Okay? So Shaul is telling him, Bekama beadecha Yisrael, that you are the secret of Emuna and Tfila. So only once there's Emuna strong, which is when the Beit HaMikdash is built, that's the Beit which is the Beit Tefila, ki bayti, bayt tefila amin, the house of prayer. Only then will there be real energy transferred to the hands of the Kohanim, Chofni and Pinchas, who are Kohanim, blemished the Birkat Kohanim by them cheating on that we went into last week in Parsh in, in Chapter Two of Shmuel Aleph, the hope became of Chofni and Pinchas. Is they weren't just taking what they were supposed to give in? It says that the coin gets the shok, the chazed, the parts of the animals. The Torah says what they get: truma. Okay, this parts. The the, the levite gives uh, trumata maasem. That's it. Or the, the forty-eight matanot keuna that are listed in the in the in Parshat coming up. That's it. They no, no. We want to take also whatever piece of meat we want. They would stick a big fork while the meat was being cooked of the korban shlamim or chatat, whatever it was. They would they have they, they have their students. Cutting, taking more pieces. What are you doing? The kohen is what are you doing. Says no. If you don't let us, then we won't let the coin, the won't let the korban be finished. We're stopping. We have the right because this is from the kohen gadol. Eli was the kohen gadol. He couldn't do anything. He was old. He was over eighty, over ninety. So who was his place? The scan, the scan coin was his son. Hofni and Pinchas. They would, they would alternate, and they would give these bad orders: take more meat, take more meat. While they're cooking the meat, they said, "Give me the meat already before it's cooked." My part because I want to. eat. We'll, we'll cook it ourselves. Say, so wait, halacha is you have to wait till it's cooked. this said no. Again, no sablanut, no patience, no patience. And the opposite, when, when they're supposed to do things properly, the kinim of the woman, or we said this last week, the kinim of the woman were waiting to go back to be with their husbands, they had to bring. When a woman gave birth, she was impure. If it was a girl, 66 days. If it's a boy, 33 days. They come to the Beit HaMikdash, they bring a korban. And after that, they go back home and they can be with their husbands. So they were delaying. The women were waiting for the... They, they didn't leave until they saw the korban being offered and then they would go home. So they were waiting and waiting. Chofni and Pinchas were taking their time, telling the quanim under them, it's okay, let's wait. It's, you're waiting in the wrong area, man. <laughs> it's the wrong place. Here you have to do fast, and there you have to wait. They were switching everything. So there was a, a, a gam in the korbanim, meaning the bracha they gave also was banished. Brikat korbanim, by the way, is dependent on the people being blessed. In other words, the um, the kohen. And Halakha says the coin who has a grudge against anybody in the, in the Keilah of the shul, he's not allowed to do that coin in. He has to be at ease with the kahal. That means what? They're there. We don't say the coin gives the bracha, even if he doesn't like anybody, he gives the bracha and it works. No, we don't say that. If the coin has something against somebody in the kahal, his bracha doesn't work. What does that tell you? That tells you that the kahal determine the bracha coming down. The emuna in the kahal give the force of the coin to give his bracha. The coins bracha is commensurate to how much you believe in the bracha. You're receiving Brikat Kohanim, if it's every morning or, or the Chagim, is determined how much you believe in it. If you believe that this is Shefa coming down, so you activate more and more bracha, okay? Fine. They weren't worthy of that. So now, this, we so he's saying, we're now going to take away the Keuna from you, and it's going to go back to Tzadok, Tzadok, who is, the, I think, the son of evyatar who is descended from Elazar, and it's taken away from the house of Itamar, goes back to Elazar. When will this take place? Once the Beit HaMikdash. Why? Because Beit HaMikdash is Kriya VeKayama. With that said, we're going to understand the next pasuk. Okay? So, I went into this a lot last week, that's why I'm not going over all the details. We went into Bayit and Ne'eman. Here it connects Emunah to the Kohanim. That's the Kiddushchev. The Rabbeinu showing you that the bracha is in is in the hands. The hands of who he saw. He said earlier. I'm in paragraph four. He says the bracha is hinted in the hands from this pasuk. Okay, fine. So 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 now he wants to show Rabbeinu that also the coin's hands needs emuna. Emuna basically is savanut. It's another word for patience. When a person has patience, what does it show that he has? He has emuna. That's the whole thing here. That the Jews ran, this week's Parsha, that they ran from Harsinai. Okay, they ran. It's a lack of Emunah. Even though you think, but they were doing it's for Kedusha, they want to advance. They want to come to Eretz Israel. Wait. You can't wait. That shows that you have a pegam in Emunah. If Hashem's telling you to wait, Hashem is the one who tells you that Eretz Israel is the big thing. Okay, so now Hashem afterwards pushes you to wait for Eretz Israel. So you keep on fighting against Hashem. I'm just telling in, in the perspective of the Jews, they left Harsinai to go to Israel. Hashem is also pushing you back, telling you to wait. Why are you running? He's telling you, slowly, take it easy. You're running to go super fast? Why are you running? You have people like that in their day. There's some people that they're so organized. Their day from the time they get up till they go to sleep is every second is measured. You have people like that at stopwatch. They have a schedule. Okay. They're on the relevant. Okay, from 10 to this. Everything. everything is scheduled. Okay. And even though everything is scheduled, they're still in a the rush. They're still, <laughs> they're still like hyperactive, and they're running. What's going on, man? You organize your day. You know what you have to do. Why are you in such a rush? Why can't you take it easy? That's the pugam. There's no patience. It's a reflection that there's a pugam in emuna. They can start saying it's a mental issue. It's a psycho- psychological issue that he has. You know, impatience and 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 hyperactivity. But one second, let's go deeper. Where is it coming from? There's something in the emuna that's not in the right place. Them There's an amazing story of the Frida Rebbe of Chabad, not the last one, his father-in-law, the Frida Rebbe, right? That there was a time that he was waiting for a train to pick him up, okay? Most people, when you have a train, you know, and you have to leave, so most people, they're unsettled. When you know you have to get on a train, so you already take extra time beforehand to get ready and everything, and what's the attitude of people? Okay, well if the, you're looking at the bus, looking at your watch, looking at the bus, the bus is here, look at the train is here. Most people, they're impatient. He was unbelievable. They, they, they said the lift to pick you up, take you to the train station, will be coming in 10 minutes. So normal people, they're in a rush. He was settled, and he was learning. He was learning, but with calmness, with Yeshiva that, until they said, okay, the, the light is here, calmly close the book, and he would go in. Most people don't like that. They start getting nervous because they're taken out of their daily schedule. You're doing something which is unusual. Their moral attitude is, okay, okay, you don't have to, yeah, I don't have a head right now to learn right now. I can't. He was able to learn right before with Yeshiva Dat, That's unbelievable. That's a sign of, of amazing emuna. okay? Fine. Fine, we went into that, the house of faith emunatcha bikhal Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kodesh the okay. Okay. So Rabbeinu now introduced a new level. Everything we said until now, this is the concept of this pasuk from Tehillim chapter 89. What is Tehillim chapter 89? Let's look inside. Tehillim chapter 89 starts like this. Okay, maskil Ha-ezrachi. this is a, a song of Maskil written by Eitan ha-ezrachi, one of the prophets, he's called Eitan because he was solid, and what did he say? he was saying something which is solid the whole chapter of Tilim talks about, just like the Chesed of Shem is always, so too the Malchut of Beit David will be always even though we're in exile when Mashiach comes and the temple is rebuilt who will the Malchut be restored to? Beit David David didn't lose it. You would think, okay, David David's dynasty, they had it. They had it in Bait Rishon. They had it in Bayit Shani. Let a new rule take place. No. After this big, big hafsaka, this big this big break of this galu, this fourth exile that we're in under Edom for already a few thousand years, and then Mashiach will, be, will come back. Mashiach is called Ben David. Their kingdom will restore to who? To David. So the whole psalm is telling this point, that even though there's a break, just like Hashem is always there, and His chesed is always there, and the Emuna is always there, so so too, David the melechs dynasty will always be there, because David the melech represents what? Tfilah, Emuna, and that's something which is solid, it's eternal, it's the key for everything else. So the, the psalm begins like this, okay? Maskele Hashem olam ledor mador befi. I say the kindness of Hashem. I will always sing for generation to generation. I will make known His emuna and Hashem with my mouth. I will make known with my mouth Hashem's emuna. Because I've said, a world will be built of chesed. Chesed and emuna are traits that are always here. Tachin bahem. And the heavens will establish faith in them, in the heavens and in the earth. And he says so too. I, Hashem, made an oath to the one who's chosen by me, nishbati le David, what does it have to do with what it said beforehand, to show you, just like the heaven, and the Muna and the the chesed is consistent, and always there, and everything is based on that, so to Hashem, I made an oath, with the one I chose him, I swore to David, my servant, ad olam achin zarecha, forever I will establish, your offspring, always the, the, the kingdom, of David, the Davidic dynasty, will be in charge, I will build from generation to generation, no matter what they go through, even in exile when nothing's happening. Your chair, he said, David, will always be fixed and 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 set and waiting to just go back into act action when Mashiach comes. And the heavens will yodu means two things. We means to admit, to confess, to admit that this is right. It also means to give thanks. The heavens will give thanks or admit to pil'acha Hashem. What's pele? We didn't go into this at all. But pele is another term for the keter. Okay, pil'acha Hashem, the pele. Pil'acha Hashem, the pele of Hashem, the shamayim will admit to it. and Emunatcha. But on condition, how do you get to the Pele, which is the Keter? This, I'm just explaining it in context of how we interpret it. Emunatcha Bikal Kedoshim. When there's emuna in the Kal Kedoshim, in the Assembly of the Holy Ones. What is the Assembly of the Holy Ones? What's Kodesh? Okay, there's a lot to say on this. I don't know how much we're going to do here. Let's just take a look here. Emunatcha, see, the, the, the full verse is V'yodu Shama'in Hashem Af Rabbeinu just quotes the last three words of the Pasuk. Your faith is in the assembly of the Holy Ones. The Zohar says, and the Shlach Kadosh goes into this. What are the Holy Ones? Rabbeinu says, Kodesh ze bechinat mochin. In the terminology of the Kabbalah, Mochin is kedusha. What is kedusha? And what is Tahara? We well, always hear Kedusha and Tahara. Normally you hear first Kedusha and then your Tahara. Where's the one place that you see it switched? In the, the, the Yiratzon after Sefer Omer? We say first Tahareinu and then Kadeshainu. Normal procedure is Kedusha and Tahara. What's Kedusha and what's Tahara? The one who explains this, believe it or not, is the Arizal. Piyetz Chaim. Darizal says like this: the kedusha is shefa that comes down from Chochmah, which is chesed. Chochmah, chesed. Again, the map, the map, so you can see clearly. Okay, you have the right, the right line. This is right here. You have the left line, and you have the middle line. The right line is chesed. It's even though chesed is in the middle, it's considered the right side is always chesed. So chochma. Chesed and Netzach are considered all chesed attitudes, which is giving mode. They're all giving. Kokhma gives to chesed. Okay, it's giving. It's giving a lot of Shefa. Now, the Gvura is the opposite side. Bina, Gvura, Hod. Bina gives to Gvura, gives to Hod, but it gives with a closed hand of limitation. It's giving just what's needed and nothing more. Okay, so Bina gives to Gvura, the attitude of giving. But you have to deserve it. And it goes just the minimum, barest minimum. Bear. Okay. So now, Kedusha, the Arizal says, comes from Chokhma Chesed Netzach, is Kedusha. And Tahara, which is also an attribute that you're receiving technically, to have purity, to have Tahara, is on the left side. What's the difference? So Kedusha is, it's just coming down from, from above. Kedusha is an input. It's a divinely shefa that's coming down. Tahara is, you have to, what's called the Tahel you have to clean the shetach. You have to be fit for the shefa to come down. You have to clean first. The Tahel means I have to take like, you know, you have a field that has all types of bushes and things growing. You have to take a rake, cut all the weeds, all the excess in order for it to be a proper platform for bracha to come down. I got to cut off the weeds and everything. That's tahara. Tara means that Shafa comes down by you eliminating the bad. Kedusha comes down, psh, boom. It comes down, even if you didn't fix anything, Kedusha comes down. It's like, we don't need you to clean the Shatach, because in what's coming down will be the ability to clean it anyways. But the Tara says, no, it only come down if you prepare something. You have to do something first for the, for the bounty to come down. It'll come down, but we need you to make your input. Kedusha is like it comes down. Like for example, ruach hakodesh, lashon hakodesh, ruach hakodesh. Rabbeinu says it's a ruach that comes from kedusha. It's a spirit, a wind, a prophecy. And when it comes to the prophet, it comes like heavy. And that's why he can't stand. He has to. He can't. He, he can't receive the nevuah. While standing, he has to be shaken or moved a little. It comes to him that he's not in—he's not in—in a, in a, in his regular mentality. He's like shaken for the ruach of Kedush to come in because it comes with so much, and then he has to settle it. He has to organize it. It comes down though with bracha and shefa—that's kedusha. Okay, tahara. Now you have to clean it. Svetta Omer, we do that. Svetta Omer—it's all based on you. So that's why in the in the year at Son of of, of, of Seto, we say taharenu vekadeshenu. Okay, because now they're waiting for you to do what's called itaruta diltata. You have to make an arousal from below. So that's Taharenu. Okay. kedusha is it comes down, boom. Okay. So in life, when a person they want to wake up a person from above, so they send him a boost of Kedusha to wake him up. Okay. tahara is a harder, a harder stage where after he's given exposed to Kedusha, so then he's expected to do the follow-up and do Tahara So we say Kedusha v'tahara, the initial stage coming from above is called Kedusha. It comes down, boom. Okay. But then Tahara is the follow up. You want the follow up? Okay. Now we're expecting you to clean up. That's Tahara. Kedusha v'tahara. So now, because Bina, Tahara, ultimately receives from Chokhma, which is Kedusha, so the Mochin, he says here, what he's saying here, the Mochin, the mentalities. Mentalities is the understanding of Chochmah and the wisdom, the understanding of bina. Chochmah is raw input. Boom, it comes to you. Bina sets it now starts organizing it. It makes restrictions, it makes limitations. It's not really like this. When they made the statement, it really means like this, this, and bina just makes more of a qualification and a tinsum. It makes things qualified, okay? But bina is receiving from chokmah. So rabenu says here, okay, he says kodesh. Zeh Bechinat Mochi. Rabbeinu is saying here that even when you have Kodesh, the mentality, even when Hashem is good to you and is giving you Birkat you still need Emunah. Emunah will be even there. Emunah, you know the height of what, can, you can, what you can reach in this world, which is Kedusha. Kedusha is considered the highest level. That's called Chokman. Okay? Even then, Emunat Bikal Kedoshim. You need emuna for the assembly. What's the assembly? Because it's plural. Bina is For the whole picture, which is Kal Kedoshim, you're going to need emuna, which means to do something with the Chochmah, the intellect they give you in life. Even there, you're going to need emuna Because the Pasuk says, emuna t'cha Bikal Kedoshim. I've mastered. I've come to kedusha, which is the Mochin. I've reached the high level. Even there... The Pasuk is telling us, This, by the way, is taken from chapter 89, which is about David Amelech and, and it relates to David Amelech, because David HaMelech, his greatness was this, that as great as he was, he was a king. A Melech is technically on top, but at the same time, he's on the bottom. What is Malchut in the Kabbalah? Just quickly. Malchut is on the bottom, Okay, but there's four of these. This is one world. There's four worlds. This is like every world has 10 spheres. There's the world of Atzidut, Briah, Yetzira, Asiyah. Four worlds with four dimensions. When it's a little, we'll have to go so much into it now. But each world has has this makeup. Malchut of a higher world is the Keter of the lower world. So you see Keter is on top. Keter is really the Malchut from the previous section. There's another section like this where Malchut is put like this, like Lego. You take this out, if this is Lego right now, I take it out and I put the malchut on the keter of the upper world over here. So malchut is really keter, because you can't be a melech without a crown. Mahud is melech, keter is crown, right? So what's the chidush here? The greatness of malchut, that malchut be David, that even though he perceived the keter, he always perceived himself as being nothing. <laughs> he was always Emuna, only emunah, his whole thing is emunah, that's his secret of atzlacha, we, I think we spoke about this once, that David the Melech wasn't like a regular king you know, he's walking down and everyone's like shaking, the Melech, he saw a broken Jew, he would hug him said, my brother, Akhi Chazak. he was a king who was able to relate to everybody that was the greatness of David the Melech, that's the greatness of Mashiach, Mashiach ben David, he has his qualities, and that as great as he is, he's, he's He's Zorem. He's, he's going with the flow of everybody. He's able to relate other people. So on one hand, he's Keter, but at the same time, he's Malchut. Okay? So, af emunatcha bikal kedoshim, You reach the, the mentalities, which is under Keter. Mochin, the mentalities is in Keter. And still, emunatcha bikal kedoshim. And then The Pasuk is already talking about, this Pasuk from chapter, verse 89, after Etana ezvachi spoke about how it's gonna be forever. David. So that's the 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 the, the this pasuk, karati breath This is first pasuk Aleph Bet Gimel Pasuk number three karat. That's when Eitan starts talking about David Amelach. Karati Breet Lil Khili Nishbati le David That's pasuk number three. Second Pasuk, Pasuk four. So he's talking about David Amelech already, right? And then after that, he switches into a general terminology. Hashem. Af kedoshim. He's hinting here to the malchut of David. Emunatcha bikal kedoshim. That this emuna which is representing the WMS kingship, which is no matter how high you go, always emuna is on top of you. As, as much as you're a keter, this is important because this is coming up for the final thing that the next class, next week. As much as you're a keter, you're still malchut. You're still on the bottom. Makhur is in the bottom. Makhur is in the bottom. But one second, you just got the Keter. No, but I'm Keter, I'm connected now to Makhur. I'm still on the bottom. Even though I reach Keter, which is the top, it's the beginning of the bottom of the next stage up. I'm on the bottom now. <laughs> I'm on the bottom. That's oh, the world. Bottom of the new world, the upper world, the higher world. The, 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 the Keter of the lower world becomes the Malchur of the higher world. It's the same thing. It's two opposites in one. It's crazy. Keter is an accomplishment. Keter, is a crown, Mithra. And malchut is uh, it only gives what it receives from above. Malchut is the transmission of everything from above comes out in malchut. Okay, we have to develop this more. I think we'll do this in the next class. It went we went so long. I think we, we 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 went far. Okay, we'll stop here. Blessed Hashem to be continued. Shoyach for joining. Okay, just one second. Okay.